This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. A podcast hosted by Go Eco Waikato. We are an environment and climate hub based in Kirikiriro, but we serve the Waikato region with a mission to be a voice for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. We provide community education, collaborate with and support environmental groups and projects, provide inspiration for lighter living and advocate on behalf of the environment. Kukali Pike Toku Ingwa. In our most recent episode, I reflected on Hipikinga Waiora, Enhancing Wellbeing in the Waikato Region, an online candidate forum for the Waikato Regional Council, hosted by GoEco, Te Puma Anua o Te Waiheke, and AICA, the Advisory Committee, Regional Environment. You'll find the most recent episode of Hipuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast platform like Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us so you don't miss an episode. You'll also find the recording of that webinar on our social media platforms, Go Eco Wakato. Itene Wiki this week will be continuing our focus on the Wakato Regional Council. Uh, we've spoken to Karen Bennett, who shared the role of the council in challenges ahead. Councillor Katarina Hodge on what they'd like to see happen in the next council. Anna and Shepard joined us to talk about ACRE, a grassroots community voice in decision making. And Hannah, Lillian and Molly talked about youth climate activism. Next week we'll focus on the health of Lake Rotoroa or Hamilton Lake. But this week we'll be talking about biodiversity and how the Wakato Regional Council can support the restoration of our flora and fauna, specifically relating to our native birds. Our biodiversity team worked to protect native species through restoration of our nature spaces and building predator-free communities. So I'd like to introduce our biodiversity community organiser, Alan Webb. Kia ora, Alan. Kia ora. Morning. Thank, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Look, um, let's get to know you a little bit first, who you are and uh, where you come from. So I know that you grew up on Waiheke Island. So how did that impact on your view of the environment? Well, basically, I think growing up on Waiheke, um, a little bit before what it has become now, shall we say, um, it was very much the driver for getting into conservation. I don't know if I would have been as passionate about the environment and conservation if I hadn't grown up on Waiheke and what we had all around us kind of going, just growing up and all of that. And it was very much promoted within the education um, when because there was there is a there is a primary school there and a high school there. So. Oh, is there a high school there? Yes. Wow. Didn't yes. Know that. Yep. Quite a lot of people get surprised by that one. <laughs> Didn't think it would be uh, large enough for that. So I mean, Waikiki Island's completely uh, different land mm. to where we are here in the Waikato. So can you describe to us what that means for uh, flora and fauna? Uh, the main differences, I guess, from from where we are here. Um. So the main difference probably would be so ver- Hamilton, which is quite a bit further inland, versus Waiheke, which uh, exists as an island. So there's always the kind of island biodiversity aspect. Although to bear in mind as well that Waiheke Island is a urbanised island as well. Um, basically, yeah, it just revolves around the species that can actually make themselves 
um, get to the island. And because Waiheke isn't that far from the mainland, um, there's quite a few species there that you would see on the mainland as well. Um, but basically, when it comes to predator control being an island, and as with many of our offshore islands, it makes it pro- ideal for predator mm-hmm. control in- initiatives. And many of you may have heard of Te Korowai or Waiheke. And so, yeah, they're doing an excellent job. Um, and I think, I think most recently I heard that the stoked aspect of their predator control has come up with some very, very promising results. I think they've got them down to very, very low numbers. So we'd say manageable numbers of stoats? Yes, yeah, well, definitely. How are possums looking on Waiheke? Um, there aren't any possums on Waiheke. So possums do not, never kind of, well, yeah, they haven't made their way there or ended up there. So that was one as, uh, predator... That, one uh, yeah, predator slash competitor that they didn't really need to worry about. That's a good thing. I know that you're a fellow bird nerd. Mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> do you have a favourite bird that lives on Waiheke that we don't have here? Um, that's a good question. So well, actually, funnily enough, with the predator control initiatives, um, the kaka are starting to oh. really come back to Waiheke. So probably nice. the ones that are, yeah, kaka would have to be the favourite that's starting to get back there. Do you know why? There. Why you like them? Um, uh, they're just they're just cheeky, yeah, and they're just boisterous and loud. And of course, yeah, it's probably the usual answer because everyone likes everyone likes the big bold in your face sort of thing. Um, although I'd have to also say up there with my favourite is the little blue penguin as well. So not yeah. little blue, sorry, yeah, the um, yeah the blue penguin, yeah, uh, Yes. Yeah, uh, but they are obviously having a few issues there at the moment with the development of a marina, but maybe we won't talk about protect Putin (laughs) right now. However, (laughs) also, yeah, another fantastic bird that we should be protecting. So, uh, look, tell us about your studies after, obviously, um, a little bit later on in life. Um, So, after that, I came here to Hamilton to do high school and that's where the connection with Hamilton comes in and then after that I went and did university at the Otago University down in Dunedin where I did a double major in zoology and ecology and then further masters of wildlife management Um, so yeah it was incredible doing my studies down there because they've got the they've got incredible it's incredible they've got the Orokanui Sanctuary and they've got um, they've got the seals off the coast there, and yeah, it's actually incredible. Some of the initiatives that are um, underway and getting underway down there as well. Really exciting. It's cool stuff. Um, the main responsibility of the Waikato Regional Council is to look after our region's water, soil, air, geothermal areas, and coasts, so we can all enjoy these precious resources. Taonga. They're not always resources, are they, uh, for generations to come. We know that biodiversity, uh, which is our unique flora and fauna, is a big part of that. So what's your vision for our region? Well, my vision, I think, is, well, yeah, my vision is we all get to enjoy biodiversity and nature um, because we all have our different reasons and different reasons that we value it. And as such, um, the vision for me is that all people have the agency and capacity to enjoy what they value when it comes to biodiversity and nature there needs to be a shared responsibility to ensure that we're living with the environment and not over it or against it Mm, trying to control it Mm. yeah and i like that you mentioned that we all have a different connection to the environment Mm. and i guess that's shaped by where we come from Mm -hmm. i mean you grew up on the beautiful waikiki island and Mm. i was in gore Mm -hmm. 
It's a different, <laughs> a different landscape, different flora and fauna. Mm. Uh, but these sorts of experience ha- uh, and yeah, whether we have a te ao Māori perspective as well, they mm. all help to, uh, yeah, I guess forge what we value in, in the nature around us. Just on that though, where is your favourite place in Waikato to enjoy nature? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would have to say anywhere that's got a really decent, beautiful waterfall. I'm, I'm quite. Uh, yeah, I have something when it comes to water, uh, water. Mm. Sorry, water environments. So anything with a bit of a waterfall. So um, recently went over to Raglan and the Bridal Falls there, oh, yeah. and um, it was not too. It was like the weekend after we'd had all that rain, so it was amazing, powerful, <laughs> mm-hmm. loud. Yes. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm not into. Um, maybe I'm scared of the force of water, mm. so I don't like waves. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of waterfalls. Oh, Interesting. We're, we're different in that respect. There we go. But <laughs> give, give me a lake any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we are all different. Um, so, with your vision for the region, and and that is really about people being able to, I guess you know, have that agency over it and to be able to enjoy what it is that they value. How do you know? if we are making progress or how would people know that we are making progress as a region towards having that and sustaining that? I think that there there would be a kind of connected feeling that so it's yeah it's not just one certain person or individual group it would be a connected feeling that um, we should feel like we're gaining and not losing what we value about the biodiversity nature and the general environment. Mm. Mm. And um, I'm thinking just specifically with uh, Pedongia and the Kōkako. Mm. They knew they were losing Kōkako, but mm. they know now, because of the predator control efforts in particular on the Maunga, mm-hmm. that they're returning. So mm-hmm. that that is their progress in the way that they know that. So, yeah, I like that. It's knowing that we're not losing. Mm-hmm. It's a good start not to be losing what we value. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess on that, and, you know, I'm thinking about the Waikato Regional Council, <coughs> but also understanding... Um, how interconnected the regional council's role is with communities and district councils, city councils and all of that. What do you think some of the limitations to reaching that vision are? I think sometimes um, it's because it's important to realise as well sometimes that it's it's easy to think of councils, all councils, as this just kind of big, massive entity. And then when you think of it as a singular entity, it can be easy to just attribute potentially negative ideas towards this entity in of itself um where and i understand i will recognize that sometimes there have been decisions that may not everyone may not agree Mm. with for example but um also remembering that this entity is actually made up of um, individuals and that as we all know judging a whole based on a couple of individuals isn't isn't exactly fair Mm. (laughs) and so kind of bearing bearing that while bearing that in mind um i do sometimes think sometimes veering too much towards kind of micromanaging that if you you want when you're wanting to take care of something you want to do as much as you can but actually there needs to be for me i think there needs to be more enabling and resourcing of the community for the environment there mm. there's an incredible amount of skills knowledge and experience out there that should be further utilized as we already as we already see now with the amazing volunteer community groups out there mm. and their incredible work that they're doing and yeah basically yeah and it's part of that agency of you know what well, this is this is a shared we're sharing this all with each other and we should all have agency to um 
be able to take care mm-hmm. of it as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that's looking at, um, instead of, I guess, seeing it as the responsibility of the council mm. to improve our biodiversity, um, because that's something that we love, is recognising the role that we have to play in there, that we can have, we can choose to have, mm-hmm. but also uh, wanting the council to recognise what the community contributes, because we know in the community, you know, with GoEco and the people that we work with, mm. there is so much value mm-hmm. in the community and what they bring to help restore the environment. So we need the council to enable all that. Yes, enable, enable them it. to do what we already do really well. Yeah, enable and support as well. So it's like, for example, it's it's a shared, it's that thing, it's that shared workload, like why, and so do you want to have all this workload on you? Who wants an overbearing workload? So why not support and enable and give yeah. capacity to those who can help as well? Yeah. Um, and you did mention their resources and I think mm. anytime we talk about council, mm. it's important to talk a little mm. bit about um, <laughs> investment mm. in these areas. And I, I won't ask you the detail there is just something I want to share with the audience is just a thought so we know that the Natural Heritage Fund um, that the Wakato Regional Council distributes is oversubscribed by about I think three times so one of the things we might ask if if, uh, biodiversity is something that we care for is that they invest more into that fund Uh, that fund helps communities to do the work that they are already doing. So one thing we might do is to, during the long-term plan process, uh, um, is to go in and ask maybe, and this is just ideas, maybe it's time for a targeted fund for biodiversity and that we could um, use the the long-term plan as a way to talk with councillors and to see if that is something that the community wants. And absolutely on that as well in terms of investment because of course there's the economic financial investment of course that is reason that's reasonably quite important as well but I think it's also important as to know as well that investment is also time yeah everything that we there's one thing that we all have and that is how we use our um the decisions we make to use our time and so yeah part of that is investing in the way that people can use their time towards biodiversity and nature if that's something for whatever reason they value it Mm. and i think most of us do Mm. so project halo is probably one of the more identifiable uh, most well recognized regional council collaborative projects it was hugely successful for bringing uh, tui back to the city which we all recognize we love I think they're a little bit cheeky, a little bit show-offy, but that's my view on, personal view on toys. <laughs> but what do you know about what's next with regards to bringing back our Tonga species back to the city? Um, I think next steps is kind of revolving around, well, hey, we, we achieved this goal, so now what, what's, what's the next goal? And to keep increasing the successes and basically aspects of that would be continuing it's basically the continuation and maintenance of already what's going on so continuing predator control efforts continuing restoration efforts to increase the available habitat and resources that the species can can use um one aspect of this um includes increasing the number of kotamako bellbirds and keredu back into the city um, in fact, GoEco is promoting Keredu mm. as the bird of the year this year. Um, you heard so, it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one aspect of why there's there's probably many different aspects that we know and probably don't know why Keredu um, aren't as 
prominent in the city as Tui have been. Um, but one interesting fact and one aspect as to why this might be is that um, breeding for the kedadu is not actually necessarily within a specific season. It can actually occur all year round, but rather it's to do it's connected it's to do with and connected to food about food availability. So predator control may have to take this into account, what it, whatever that might look like, whether it's a bit more continuous or whether it's a bit more targeted. Um, and also, but also making sure that um, the species that the Kedadu use for food, um, making sure that there's plenty of this available for them. And something you guys out in the community um, can do as well as control and restoration, but also if you see any of those large swooping flying displays, um, basically the ones where they, you see them fly right up almost pretty much vertical and then come swooping back down. If you see any of those display flights, um, you can go and report it on the iNaturalist Kedadu display flight. Kedadu display flight. Mm. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and that's citizen science. And that's where I think, uh, or would you like to talk about, I guess, the power of citizen science uh, and restoration? Mm. So citizen science is basically one aspect of science that can be a bit tricky is kind of the idea of sample size sometimes you need many 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 samples and if it's just a couple of individuals or a small group that can be quite difficult so one aspect of citizen science is involving the community who are out there every day to be contributing to this sample and also the other aspect of this as well is again that idea of investment and um so the public can become invested in what in what is happening. They can feel involved mm. and connected to it, and that often can um, increase the kind of connection mm. as well. And I think a lot of it's awareness. I mean, when I think how many people don't know what the Pika Pika Toto mm. are in the city, uh, but once you are aware, you certainly don't forget. No. And I, I guess you're then looking for ways that you can do your part to help ensure that they continue to remain in our city. Mm. Do you know how... I mean, I'm not going to ask you how many kedadu <laughs> there are in the city, but where are we more likely to spot kedadu here? Um, kedadu are more likely to be reasonably spotted kind of... So within the city, I'll just talk about the city, uh, it's more in our kind of southern gullies. So Mangatukutuku, Mangawanua, and so basically, yeah, kind of along along the river and the gullies and the nature spaces um, a little bit more down there because they are still... Um, gully and nature spaces that are connected to each other and quite um, large, basically. Which are reminding us of the importance of predator control along those corridors, those green corridors around our city, which is a shameless plug for, <laughs> for predator. <laughs> Actually, while we're here, while we have you, mm. um, part of your work is organising communities to do predator control in their neighbourhoods. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about, uh, about what's involved there. If somebody's listening, they live along a gully or along the river and they want to, to help. So what you can do, you can definitely get in contact with Predator Free Hamilton. They'll get in contact with me most of the time. And um, you can ask about, right, okay, so I've got this, what do I need? And uh, we can provide the information and guidance and kind of best practice. And then Go Eco is one, just one source of, we've got the tunnel boxes and T-Rex traps and the modified victors and the trapinators. So we cover, we cover the bases for rat stoats and possums 
and yeah basically just getting getting something out there into mm-hmm. your backyard or into those uh, nature spaces because basically um better to try and be catching something than having something running around out there yeah, yeah if you want to see more kereru in the city and we do mm-hmm. yeah it's just about making sure that we are protecting uh their food sources mm-hmm. and their habitats and their flight paths keep it as safe as we can for them um while we can't tell people who to vote for in the Waikato Regional Council elections, that's completely inappropriate. Um, Ellen, is interested in what sorts of things you look out for from a biodiversity perspective when you're looking at the candidates yourself. Mm. Yeah, what I guess what are the things you're noticing or looking you're trying to pick up? Um, trying to pick up basically um, those who they're saying what we need to it's yeah it's an interesting one but kind of not quite being an echo chamber when it comes to saying what we do want to hear but in a way that's not just kind of the same old same old echo chamber and it's yeah lip service basically and it's kind of showing um just showing a bit of initiative really and showing that they've given so they've actually given they've given it a bit of thought so they've they've that's it they they've listened and mm. given it a bit of thought and then responding that yeah they're showing initiative and showing that they and that that shows that you care and yeah yeah so that's kind of what i'm looking a big for part of it <laughs> absolutely uh, you don't have to be an expert no. although it does help you know <laughs> just saying uh but it is about listening because l- like you mentioned earlier the community has a lot of this knowledge and they mm. want to share it they want the opportunities to share it mm. so uh do is it a candidate who will listen mm. that's a really good start and i think part of that as well the whole the idea of expert as well expertise doesn't necessarily have to mean um having had further education and all mm. of that expertise can be just the knowledge and skills yeah. accumulated over a life a as well. A connection to the environment yeah. is a really good start. Mm-hmm. Are you, and observing, I think, yes. and it wasn't until I started being a little bit bird nerdy, um, is when I started paying attention to the environment more mm-hmm. and the timing of when birds would come back. So mm-hmm. we've got our European goldfinches have just come back to where we are in Dinsdale. Mm-hmm. That to me is a sign it's warming up because mm-hmm. they're only hanging around in summer and then they disappear. I don't know where they go. I should find out. Mm-hmm. But it's those sorts of signs that you observe when you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it helps to deepen that connection with the environment. Mm-hmm. So people who do that, yes, that's a good thing. Exactly. Are there any final last words? Oh, hang on. Um, final words. Yeah, just um, I think be kind be kind work with nature work with <laughs> yeah. the environment where where you can because it's it's the foundation yeah it's the foundation of everything really that's it's that idea isn't it that that holisticism the holistic nature of things we are all like we're all connected and we're all connected to this big big old blue planet mm. and um so kind of just bearing that in mind and that that for example when when nature and biodiversity suffer or is Mm -hmm. is in a bit of trouble it it's actually not too hard to see when you start observing as well that oh actually that means that starts meaning we're we're in a bit of trouble for example water is the very very um good idea of this where it's that and it's in within within um multi knowledge as well that 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 the water is the foundation of everything and so that when water starts um getting getting compromised we start yeah. getting compromised mm-hmm. and yeah we're just all connected so bearing that in mind in your everyday life 
Yeah, yeah. Um, when we look after the environment, we look after ourselves. Yes, so, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, kia ora, Ellen. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for sharing your vision, uh, your ideas for things that we can look out for to make sure that we're on the right track and getting to where we want to be, which is really just like a healthy environment. You know, <laughs> um, we all want to be there. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, yeah, sharing that knowledge for the signs that we can look out for. And of course, bringing back those birds to the city because that sparks our imagination. It, mm-hmm. it gives us hope mm-hmm. that uh, there has been so much damage done, but that restoration can occur. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need. We need that hope that we can actually, um, yes. we can actually get get into a really good space. So mm. thank you for coming in today. Kia ora. It's Alan Webb, um, a community organiser with, with GoEco, uh, <laughs> responsible for restoration and also predator control. So please uh, get in touch if you want to find out more. It's GoEco Wakato. You can contact us through our website and our social media. Ke te mai, Korero, a podcast hosted by Go Eco Wakato. I do have a large list of events and workshops that are coming up. I'm not going to be able to get them through all of them, but I do want to touch on the Bike Hub Garage Sale, which is happening this coming Saturday from 8am to 11am. That's at the Bike Hub at the back of Go Eco in Frankton. Uh, we're really just decluttering because we are a little bit hoarders in terms of bike parts and bikes. So come along if you want to get a bargain. Um, that will be also lots of fun. We've got a gardening workshop happening this Saturday as well at Kukutarihi Community Garden, and that's a workshop on seed saving with Michael. And uh, you'll learn everything you need to know about saving seeds and why we would want to um, spend the time to save seeds, the importance for saving money for growing your own food, but also for climate adaptation. There's also an urban gardening workshop next Saturday in the Go Eco car park. Details for that are on Eventbrite. And just one last thing, you do have your voting packs in the mail for your district and regional councils. Please take the time to read through those candidate profiles. Head to Goeko Wakato to check out um, the candidate forum that we recorded so you can find out a little bit more about the regional council candidates. Check out these social media profiles. Check out the Wakato Regional Council or your city elections pages. They have uh, a little bit more information about the candidates on there. And remember to vote climate. Uh, this year. Check out the climate policies of your candidates. And again, next week we'll be talking about the health of Lake Rotoroa. Anna will be joining us for that episode. So Hipuna Kōrero is a podcast hosted by Go Eco. We are a not-for-profit environment and climate hub based in the Wakato with a mission to be a voice for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. You can find out more about our projects including how to get involved on our website goeco.org.nz or on social media, go Eco Wakato. If you're local, you can visit us 188 Commerce Street, Frankton in Kirikiriroa. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to Hipuna Kōrero on your favourite podcast platform. Kia pai tōra, e
for more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.